welcome to the ADHD Manual Podcast. My name is Abby Chow. I'm a marriage and family therapist, an ADHD certified clinical services provider, and a proud ADHDer. This is a podcast for people with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and those who love us, which covers pretty much everybody. Growing up with a colorful brain in a black and white world can make us feel like aliens. The manual we were given to guide us through life doesn't have any diagrams of the parts we have. I've decided to stop throwing away my parts and start throwing away this useless manual to write my own. So kick off your shoes, have a seat, and take a break from fitting yourself into a mold that's not your shape. You belong here. Allies, welcome to the ADHD planet. ADHDers, welcome home. Hi, um, I have Hum back with me today. Hello. Um, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Do you want to say how you're doing? How are you uh, doing these days? It's a lot hotter yeah. in Seattle, so we're also a little maybe spacey. I don't that. do well in heat. Also, I had an intense day yesterday. I was, like, super... You mean physically? Yeah, I was super athletic. <laughs> yeah, just, like, sports, sports, sports. All the sports. <laughs> I did the, the walking, the yoga, the golf. It's, like... <laughs> Everything you know, possible. A lot of cardio. <laughs> so so much cardio, mixed cardio for sure. Um, really high intensity stuff, but yeah. So what can you say? You live for CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad because I'm so sore. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. You got a lot of layers on. I know. Aren't you hot? I will be. Why don't you take it off? It's too much. So today I've come back with me and uh Thought that we could, um, well, you know, so we're, we've been talking a little bit about our fertility journey, et cetera. And, um, I feel like we get very few opportunities to highlight what we're doing right and, (laughs) (laughs) and point out things that are going well. Um, so I wanted to maybe take a minute and, and talk about one of the things that I feel like we made a really good decision on and has helped us a lot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, um, I'm not sure how to intro this because, um, I think, I think this topic will be relevant for, um, a lot of people. Um, for one thing, I think like the struggle with, um, <clears throat> like how to maintain physical intimacy, um, while trying to conceive, I think is something that comes up for a lot of, uh, people who are trying to have kids. Um, so I think this would be relevant for them. Um, but I also think like, it's pretty, um, I think I know very few mixed neurotype couples for whom, um, sex and physical intimacy is not at all an issue. Mm. Um, I think in some ways it's always kind of a, um, you know, not like a crisis by any means, but like something that comes up, um, and, uh, and things like that. And so I did do, um, if you want to hear more about this, I did go more into, um, the topic of ADHD specific, um, sex discussion topics, um, in, a series I did on my Patreon. I don't think I released that to the public, right? 
I'm not sure. I don't think I did. Um, so if this interests you and you want to hear more about that and um, specifically how like um, ADHD and um, other neurodivergence might impact your um, sex life um, and, you know, various topics around that, um, check that out. But yeah, I thought today we could talk about um, how, um, let's see, well, we we hadn't, where did it start? Like we just, um, we just weren't really um, connecting physically mm. um, and like, like, like at all, I think um, sex, but also just like physical affection and intimacy was just not, um, you know, was just not really happening. And um, I think we finally talked about it. I think it came up in therapy. Yes. Um, because, yeah, we both kind of um, separately realized that that had, like, dwindled. Um, and, like, we, uh, you know, we just noticed that we weren't having sex as much. And um, separately, we were both feeling guilty about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> the, the guilt, the it's just one of those ones, like moments of like wait you were feeling that too mm -hmm. I was feeling that and the relief that you that like once you like speak the words and you're like okay it's not a big deal it's something we should talk about and not in like capital s should but like I think it would be helpful yeah it was good and it was um <clears throat> it was kind of like uh I guess we were kind of lucky <laughs> in the sense that we didn't really have a lot of mixed experiences on it. We were kind of both, like, not feeling, um, like, up for uh, sex and intimacy like that. And um, I think both separately we thought that the other one was, like, stewing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like... <laughs> and resenting us for, um, you know, not initiating or, or whatever. But, um yeah, I think once we talked about it and we kind of, like, um, we basically decided um, that sex doesn't have to be a number one priority for us right now. Yeah. And um, for a lot of reasons, I think mostly it was because of how much energy um, fertility stuff was taking out of us. Um, we just felt, like, really zapped. Um and tired and um you know it, it's tough when you're like trying to conceive because um obviously it's like a little different depending on if you're um you know trying to conceive on your own um like at home I don't I don't know I guess natural insemination is but I don't like that term so I don't know um whatever on your own just the two of you um I think this comes up in Maybe the same, a similar way, but a different way in the sense of, like, sex becomes more of a... Chore. Yeah, it's something that is a means to an end rather than um, enjoyable in and of itself. I've heard that a lot from from people. Um, so... I mean, we see it a lot in media. We see, mm -hmm. we see like, I'm, like, you know, like, there's a lot of shows that show, like, okay, fertility is so so much based on, like, calendars and, like, taking all these tests and making sure you time things right. And there's just, you know... Yeah, there's so much precision to it. It takes a lot of the joy out of it. 
um, if you are somebody for whom, you know, pregnancy is something you have to try for um, and work hard at. Um, But yeah, yeah, we see that a lot and and we hear it a lot too, like from other other families who are trying to conceive and um, how it's it's just really tough to keep up that part of your relationship when another, um, so much of your focus is on another, uh, uh, I don't want to say bigger, but um, more ever-present um, I mean, challenge yeah. in your relationship, I guess. Yeah. Um, like there's just something else that you're already working on together that is taking a lot out of you. Right. So, um, yeah. So I think it's worth talking about that and maybe, um, you know, how we got there and how, um, how it's helped us. Yeah, I mean, we we started talking about it in therapy and continued the conversation, um, you know, just thinking back. I think we, <laughs> I think I said it already, like, but, like, when I was, like, I've been feeling really guilty about, mm-hmm. like, not having sex or not, like, wanting to or, like, not initiating and, like, just saying that out loud. It's... I don't know, it's kind of a vulnerable feeling to have to speak that out loud and be like, I don't know, (laughs) not really feeling it. And it's like not about you at all or us. It's like there's just so much going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have to say that was it was new for me to hear that from you. Yeah. I think in the past, if if sex has come up, it's been in the context of maybe um, there being a mismatch in like desire or needing very specific contexts um and how you struggled with that and yeah. how f- felt kind of um uncomfortable or self-conscious about um you know wanting something that I didn't want at the moment yeah right yeah it's i i think i have past experiences that have made it really hard for me um to express like you know when I want to be intimate or like what I need and or what I want and so I don't know I feel like we've grown as a couple in that way Mm -hmm. a lot yeah definitely talking about it and talking about um you know less of the pressure I guess or like expectations around it and yeah yeah, because it's not like this is the first time that we've talked about it. Um, so I do want to kind of make it clear that, like, in this case, I mean, kind of luckily we were on the same page. But um, <laughs> I think in the past we have not always been completely in sync. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important to acknowledge that we're not like this, you know, we've always been, like, perfectly sexually compatible. <laughs> and that's why, like, this is a NBD, you know. Yeah. But, um yeah, so it's it's definitely something that's come up, and so we've definitely uncovered a lot of insecurities about it, mm-hmm. um, as everyone has. I think everyone has um, sex insecurities, insecurities. No, that didn't work. <laughs> cut it. Tried. Cut that. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm the one cutting, and I won't put that work in, so I'm not going to cut it. But, um, yeah, so I think... Yeah, so that's important to acknowledge that it's not like um, <laughs> this example, I think, was a a good, you know, something that happened to work out for us, but um, things are not always this smooth. And so if you 
struggle with it. I think that's important to, to note that that's completely normal and expected. And, um, you know, I think that we have experience of trying to work out and find, um, I mean, a compromise suggests that it was something that like one of us didn't want to do and that's not really where we got. It was like a A balance. Yeah. Like Like we've had to have discussions about how to, um, you know, satisfy someone's need for connection and affection um, with someone else's need for like independence and um, you know, I'm saying someone, everyone knows which is which. I mean, your need for... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know whose privacy we're trying to protect here, but... It's like, he, where are you going? Yeah. Well, because I thought that there might be an example of, like, one of us, you know, wanting both of those things at different times, but, yeah, mostly it was you wanting to connect and yeah. less about sex and more about, like, feeling, like, wanted and romantic and, like, um, I don't know like desirable or, or something. Um, yeah. So we, we have, we've had to have conversations about how to do that. Um, how to like, uh, respect both of our needs and how to meet them in a way that leaves us both feeling happy and, and satisfied. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's an ongoing conversation, right? Like we've, we've had this conversation in the past and it's brought up things that like, I think, I didn't know at the time, like sensory things, you know, it's kind of important. It's kind of important to like acknowledge and, and respect and understand needs around that. I gotta say you are such a good sport with that. Like there are a lot of instances where I'm like, Oh, I just can't with your <laughs> breath right now. <laughs> Can you please like do some mouthwash oh, or like hot. your, your breath yeah. is too hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot. Smell is a big one. Yeah, or, like, if you're feeling particularly, like... Touch-sensitive. Touch-sensitive. I was, like, activated? That's not the right word. (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, what's... Yeah, touch-sensitive, and I'm, like, I'm going to come in for your hug, and you're, like, no, (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so you're a very good sport with not taking that too personally. Yeah. Um, I think we've... we. We know each other well enough. Like, I know you well enough to not, to try not to take it personally. Like, back Mm -hmm. in the day when we first started dating, or maybe not when we first started dating, probably, like, when we first moved in together, Mm -hmm. um, that was much harder for me. And, but, you know, that's been, it's been, like, four or five years, so. Mm -hmm. That's it? I feel like longer, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Time's not real. But, yeah, yeah, I definitely think... We did have a lot of rough spots when we first moved in together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think it's... Uh, <laughs> the silence <laughs> of us going back to those moments of just like, oh. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking of a different example of like, um, thinking about this time when we've agreed to like... Um, uh, I don't know, we've just been on more on the same page. Like, we yeah. might be having, like, um, and kind of ironically that has, you know, agreeing that, okay, this is not, like, on the forefront of my mind right now um, and have that be okay. I think that has opened us up to be more intimate yeah. and, like, to be, um, 
communicative when we when we feel that um and just more more connected yeah you know like i think and finding other ways to connect too like both identified that like you know there are other activities like doing our own thing next to each other uh, felt really like sweet and and connected um watching jeopardy together is like a big thing we do every day super into like playing games like I, yeah. I've been into, like, Switch games, and Abby's, like, Sims things. I don't know. It's great, because, like... <laughs> yeah. In the neurodivergent community, it's called Parallel Play. Mm. Yeah. It's been really helpful uh, and and nice to, like, get to know all your Sims characters. <laughs> and <laughs> it sounds so nerdy. Sorry. I didn't mean to out you. <laughs> oh, no. It's out. <laughs> That's no secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, just kind of acknowledging that, um, it, it has opened us up to discover more ways to be connected yeah, and to explore more, um, you know, just more diversity and ways to feel close to each other. Yeah. Um, going for walks to look at birds, I think is really, yeah, a lot of birding special <laughs> and I love that time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I think, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the difference between now and like in the past times when we haven't been having a lot of sex mm-hmm. and how that has manifested very differently. <laughs> and like, um, you know, there have been definitely times when that has been, uh, more tension based mm-hmm. and like, we're both getting like frustrated, but we're not saying it mm-hmm. and it kind of manifests its ways and like, you know, a lot of like different fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to kind of say that sex like solves everything, but um, I definitely think there have been moments when we've felt very <laughs> snippy. And once we took time to, um, to be together, that has everything felt like less of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and something we could tackle together. I was just thinking about like other times when it's been like, we haven't been having sex and that's been, an issue whereas mm-hmm. now we're not really having much sex and it's not an issue yeah. and it's actually something that's like um something we've that it, it feels more intimate than um you know anything else really right like yeah. i feel like it is inherently very intimate to kind of like talk about oh you know i'm not really feeling sex these days yeah. <laughs> you know and kind of like you know come up with other you know other things that we can do together um so I think that in and of itself is a lot of intimacy. Yeah. It is hard. Not, it's not hard, but like, especially on social media, I'm in all these queer groups and yeah. like people are always like asking questions like, how often are you and your partner having sex? And I'm like, ah, X. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. like, don't read the comments, just close it out. Because comparing yourself and your like mm. relationship to other relationship is never a good idea. And every situation is, like, totally different. And I think especially for us with, like, what we've, where we're at, like, it doesn't, there like, it changes. Like, you know, I'm sure we'll go back to whatever yeah. eventually. And if, you Cyclical. Know, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's the next thing I wanted to talk about. In which case that's because it's, um... We're in a lot of, like, queer parenting groups. Yes. And so um, that is something that comes up a lot. Yeah. And actually, it's a lot. um, It's, uh, you know, like, not having sex and not 
being, you know, willing to be intimate with a partner is, is something that a lot of queer parents kind of attribute to their divorces. Mm. Um, Lesbian bed death. Yeah, but more so, like, it's a lot of times after they have a kid and um, the non-birth parent is, like, kind of, you know, a lot of times it's the um, the birthing parent that doesn't really feel mm. um, sexual, understandably. And, like, um, and, like, talking a lot about, like, when does that get back to quote-unquote normal mm-hmm. and, like, when... Um, a lot of tension is really like, you know, sex is important to me and they're not, you know, you know, they're not respecting like my need for connection, blah, blah. So, um, yeah. So that was the other thing that this made me think of is that like, I think this kind of, obviously it'll change and having a kid is going to be like a game changer, blah, 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 (laughs) (laughs) obligatory (laughs) footnote. Um, but like this, this situation does give me a lot of hope for how um, how we will handle this post, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or in parenthood. Yeah, and like gives us a kind of a, a, a groundwork from which to work from um, in solving future maybe um, feelings of I don't know tension, yeah. disconnection. I will say like in the. When we've had conversations in the past, like, because we've had a lot of, like, you know, like, an example might be, like, um, not really negotiating, but, like, and, again, not finding a compromise, but, like, you know, I don't have energy for that. Mm -hmm. I would still like to really connect with you, and here's how I think we can do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's, like, let's play a game together, or, you know, like, it'd be really nice if we did X together, you know, like, it's having that really frank and like open conversation is just, it's helped so much. And the more times we have that conversation for me, the like sensitivity around this, the less personal it feels. Yeah. It's very, it's not, it's not about me anymore. It's like, Oh, I'm undesirable. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. No, that's a great point. And actually it might be kind of uh, something to attribute to how I think, being uh, a neurodiverse couple will make us better parents. Yeah. You know, I think that's, um, and I think maybe we have experience uh, with talking about that, about having like um, mismatched energy levels mm-hmm. and like sensory sensitivities and um, things that we've had to accommodate. Um, and I think maybe there, maybe there are other couples that just don't, that haven't had to talk about that. Yeah. You know, that haven't really had to have that conversation of like, oh, no, I just can't, you know, <laughs> I can't be touched right now. But yeah. like, um, it's too hot. Let's let's find something else. <laughs> you know, like a lot of I think we have a lot of problem solving experience um, that will definitely come into play. Yeah. Um, as as we, you know, journey through like. A hopeful pregnancy and and parenthood. Um, yeah, you know, I'm glad that we have language to talk about that. Right. Um, yeah, it's been pretty good. <laughs> We're doing really well in this, <laughs> this area. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, I just like you know, and that's I totally think that this is like a. Um, it's a. I think it's a. a 
maybe not uniquely ADHD urge, but I do think it is an ADHD urge to when you find something that works for you, you want to tell everybody. <laughs> and like, <laughs> guys, I have the secret. I cracked the code. <laughs> I found the perfect planner. I found the perfect app. Um, so I think that's I very were, common. I thought you were going to talk about being a therapist, you know, <laughs> like, mm. like how being a therapist is like, you know, I like, this is like a great thing that like we're doing. <laughs> Same thing, but like, oh, oh, oh. Go, like, okay. But you're not saying that it's a therapist urge to, to preach about a strategy that's worked for you. I, no, I, I have not found that to be the case. I don't know. I, I thought so, that's where you were going. Oh, okay. And then it took a turn, so. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> sure. I was like, I, yeah, that's totally a benefit of marrying a therapist. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, Who knows? Um, but I just, like, I really like to, um, I don't know, attribute a lot of, I don't know, I just feel like neurodivergent people just get so little credit and a lot of like we spend a lot of time talking about what we've done wrong and um people tell you what you've done wrong too yep um and we don't often hear like hey this is this is a good thing you're doing um or this is maybe a strength and i feel like even and even when people try to talk about like our quote-unquote superpowers i just like I, I just rolled my eyes. I can't help not rolling my eyes. Just, like, um, it's mostly when, like, neurotypical people talk about it. Like, it's just, um, I was talking about this in therapy today, how it's just really hard to find, like, um, you know, uh, to figure out how to teach neurotypicals um, the way to talk about neurodivergence. Like, there's, like I was like, I feel kind of bad because there's really no good way they can talk about it. Like, there's definitely sometimes where I'm just like, just don't, don't, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, even if they're like, oh, yeah, this is a great perks about, you know, having an ADHD loved one. I'm like, barf, shut up. <laughs> and even they're like, this is what's hard about having someone with ADHD. They're like, no, shut up. You know, so there's just like no, <laughs> there's no good way to do it. And, um, so I think the more that we can individualize it and just kind of, um, you know, uh, attribute maybe um, our life experience as a neurodivergent person to our creativity and problem solving and how that I do think that helps us in a lot of ways um, and gives us an advantage um, just by by giving us a yeah a framework within within to. Uh, navigate yeah. issues you know so anyway i don't i don't know where that went i'm hot i'm not making much sense but um but yeah basically yeah i do think that it's it's important to acknowledge the um the ways that i think being a neurodiverse couple has really um prepared us mm -hmm. um and yeah just been uh, uh, kind of a little gift in and of itself. Yeah. And therapy. Oh, yeah. And therapy. <laughs> yeah. I can't recommend it enough, honestly. Like, when we're having... Um, actually, it was... It might have even before, been before we had, like, um, conflicts with moving in together. I think we started therapy even before that. Like, mm -hmm. we were, like... Because we... We've probably talked about this in the past. But we moved in together before we wanted to. Yeah. Um, like... 
um, it was a necessity at the time. And um, if we wanted to be together, then we had to live together in Seattle because Hum was taken off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... um, And Seattle is really expensive. Yeah, yeah. It would have been impossible to... To find two separate places. So we knew that and we kind of prioritized our relationship over um, an ideal timeline. And so um, I think it helped to acknowledge that that was going to bring stuff up. Yeah. Um, so I think that's originally why we got into therapy, but it's really, it's helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has. <laughs> yeah. Probably it's helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had done like individual therapy before, but this is like the first time I've done like couples therapy. No, you did it. Oh. Uh, what, like once? Okay. Once or twice? Yeah, once or twice. Mm-hmm. By that time, it was way too late. And so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's actually, that's an advice in and of itself is that yeah. a lot of couples start therapy when it's too late. Too late. One of them is already, one or both of them is already out the door. So, right. um, Yeah. That's definitely the biggest advice. Yeah. I give a lot. And we found a great therapist. Mm-hmm. Or you found a great therapist. I did. Well, I was unemployed at the time. I had I had a chance to to search. But um Yeah. yeah um so yeah. If there's any advice to take away from this, it's that like um you know, I I think this experience has taught us that like one it's it's okay and it's normal and it does not have to be like a a horseman of the apocalypse mm-hmm. that you know your sex life dwindles like <laughs> it yeah. doesn't mean this is the beginning of the end you know right. like it doesn't Don't mean panic. that yeah your relationship <laughs> is doomed okay like it doesn't mean you got to like run for the hills <laughs> and like it it makes total sense that there are there would be fluctuating um, you know, periods of, I don't know, drought feels so like negative. Yeah. It's not drought. It's just like, you know. Change in focus. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Change in priorities. Change it, in. Yeah. And it is hard. Like I like speaking from, for myself, talking about sex and intimacy is really difficult for me. And, you know, there's a lot of shame and a lot of, you know, self, I don't know, like self-worth that's tied into it. That like, for me, that it's hard. So like, the more you practice talking about it, the easier it gets and like, less, (laughs) you know, it's like realizing that like, it's not just you and... Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is, but if it is... But like, that's okay. It, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that you are a whole, you know, full person who is much bigger than your sex drive and, yeah. you know, you contain multitudes. <laughs> like, it, it makes sense that I that things onion. would shift. <laughs> yeah, an onion. Smelly, smelly onion. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, like an ogre. <laughs> like Shrek. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think like, uh, oh my God, I had a thought and it completely disappeared. Uh, oh, oh yes. Shame. That is what I was, 
uh, <laughs> let's get back to Shane. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that I think this will also be very relevant for queer people mm-hmm. um, who carry a lot of shame around sexuality, even if, um, you know, I think we all have it in some way or another, and it manifests very differently for everybody. But, um, yeah, so I, I think, like, it sucks because a lot of, like, straight culture and perceptions and a lot of the discomfort um with straight people um about like queer culture and representation is about sex right yeah. like, they kind of think that we're inherently sexual that we're inherently like you know um inappropriate and um that someone's sexual orientation um like that alone makes them inappropriate for children for example mm. um as if there's no gay kids, like, um, <laughs> I was a gay, 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 yeah, kid. so yeah. gay, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that, like, that's, I mean, that alone is a, um, a, uh, microaggression, that perception is something that will impact your sex life, but I also think that it's, like, um, you know, I, I, I just think that that is, uh, it's, wrong in the way that like i feel like we're um everyone kind of has this perception that queer relationships never have a problem with sex because it's like you know that's our whole thing you know like like we became queer because of the sex you know like um whereas that's very very not true um so yeah so i think that there's just this perception that this isn't um i don't know it isn't an issue in our community and that's obviously a misperception. And so I do want to like really normalize that. And, um, cause I think it's really easy to snowball from like, Oh, um, I, I, I don't want to have sex with my partner does, um, you know, sex, queer, bad, you know, like <laughs> it's easy to really snowball into that shame of like, Oh, not only, um, you know, do I, want sex i want gay sex and that Mm -hmm. is like inherently shameful and wrong yeah and so that's um really hard to separate yeah and and even in society especially like when you're in your 20s and your 30s it's just like it's part of it's such a part of culture and like Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's so hard to separate out um you know like what does what does real intimacy look like and like what do you want from intimacy and like i don't know being in a relationship being married um i just i had a side thought because i was like i'm not wearing my wedding ring i just thought i had the same thought <laughs> I, was I was like, like oh no, oh, no. <laughs> i forgot <laughs> I like being married how do people know i'm married if i'm not wearing my wedding ring don't worry no uh, one except ellie is watching me so <laughs> Ellie knows. Ellie knows we're married. <laughs> I don't remember where my thought was going with her. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, being in a relationship, being married. Yeah, it's... it. That was your thought. Was right. helping you pick up. I know. I, I thought that would help, too, and then I, I didn't. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just different, and it's it just really kind of opens you up for just how vast um human beings are all of them but your partner you know like yeah there's just so so much there's so much to your relationship and there's so much to your partner um 
that it's just a privilege to just watch it, you mm-hmm. know, just be here. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, that obviously I'm not going to, you know, um, advocate that sex is not important. Um, cause it is, and it's, um, of different, differing levels of importance to every person, but like, yeah, but it, it's indicative of, of a much bigger thing. And like, it's actually, so it, it does kind of, I don't mean, I don't know. I really shouldn't speak on this cause everyone's different and whatever, but it does kind of bug me when people just say like, oh yeah, no, I wanted to have sex all the time and my wife didn't and that's why we divorced. <laughs> like, it just feels like, uh, that's just too simplistic. I really don't think, yeah, mm. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I think it's more about, um, you know, a, a mismatch in communicating, um, and how you communicate your needs and how, um, you respond to your partner having, having different needs than you, um, which alone is, can be kind of feel like a threat. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So if you take anything away from it, it's like, um, it's okay. It's okay to feel like, um, there are times in your life when you want to have more sex than usual and less and, um, we're complicated people and we're changing every day. And so it's okay to have, um, just because you're not feeling it one day doesn't negate everything else that you are, um, and every other part of yourself as a sexual being. So age also matters. (laughs) Yeah. Your body matters. You know, totally. There's so many factors. Um, but go to therapy. Yeah, go to therapy. <laughs> go to couples therapy before you need it. Yes. Um, yeah, that's really the best advice. And any therapy, actually. Yeah. Go to therapy go to before you therapy need it. Before you need it. Because um, there's a lot about what's good about therapy that is dependent on your relationship with mm-hmm. the therapist. And so if you can build that relationship um, before you really need to lean on it, that'll help you a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and Yeah. Just talk about it. Um, talk about it. Acknowledge that it will be hard to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it will bring up feelings that have nothing to do with your partner. Yep. Um, we all have very, very deep, complicated, colorful sexual lives outside of um, a relationship. You know, yeah. we have hurts and, and barbs that you know, are, are there and we don't know are there until someone hits them. <laughs> and perception of sex and culture and society and religion is big. It's deep. Like any yeah. of those, like, you know, deep feelings. It's, it's one of those topics that I think are, you know, it's very triggering. Mm. Um, it can be very triggering. Very. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And so, and if you're a neurodivergent person listening to this and like, this is old news and you're like, uh, yeah, I, you know, (laughs) like I get it. I have to ask my partner to change their socks every time we have sex, like totally. (laughs) And like, so if if you're bored of this, then great. Pat yourself on the back and know that those conversations will help you, Mm. um, during, you know, more challenging periods of your relationship. Yeah. Um, and know that you can use those skills um, and they'll be valuable. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well said. Let's stop.
Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, again, I'm still doing my uh, my other podcast, Happily Ever Pasture. Um, I'm about to hop off and uh, work on that in a few minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, and we're getting close to the finale. So um, that was a good time to listen, catch up on the action. Um, we break down a lot and we, yeah, and we interviewed Haley Ramirez um, from the show and she was a complete delight. Um, she was so wonderful. I might be biased, but it might be the best interview (laughs) with a reality TV show contestant (laughs) that I've ever listened to. Wow. That was quite a niche, but Mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, it may have been my only yeah. podcast episode, yeah. <laughs> but it was the best. Yeah, it was, sure. <laughs> it was so good. But no, actually, it was really great. Uh, Haley was very eloquent. And oh, so yeah. were you and Sterling Show. So. And even more beautiful. Like, first, I'm just, <laughs> just going to say, it. she was, yeah, bonkers beautiful. So um, not just a TV trick. Um <laughs> But yeah, so listen to that. Um, it's very fun and it's very funny, and um, it'll, you know, it'll be a good respite from every other, you know, <laughs> chaotic thing that's going on in the universe right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so have a have a great day. Um, hope you're managing the the summer, the violent sh- summer shift. <laughs> what it feels like it just got hot all of a sudden um so yeah and welcome to may and we love you (laughs) bye bye that's all for this episode but there is plenty more at my website theadhdmanual.com that's t-h-e-a-d-h-d-m-a-n-u-a-l.com you can find me on facebook twitter and reddit at the adhd manual do you have a question comment or story then i want to hear it email me at the adhd manual at gmail.com very special thank you to my brother joe minor for composing this theme music and thank you so much for listening and remember to be kind to yourself see you next time